0: things in life that I have ever gotten didn't come through a funnel. I love automation. There's a point for it, but it's got to start with a human conversation. And I think if we look at our most valuable relationships, our most valuable customers, our most valuable partnerships, they all started out with a conversation.
1: Getting the content right, having those great conversations, that's the first half of the battle. The second half is getting the right people to listen. And podcast guesting is one way to find yourself in front of new audiences. New, clearly identifiable audiences. Welcome to the Grounded Content Podcast. I'm your host, Marian Abrams. I invited Tom Schwab from Interview of LA to talk about this idea, about how we can get our message out, not by creating our own content, but by being a guest on someone else's content. There are a couple of times in this conversation where Tom and I come at things from a different angle. And here's why. What he's talking about in the experience he's sharing is what he's actually seeing. What he's seeing in his experience day to day with the majority of podcasters and content creators. But you are not the majority of podcasters and content creators because you're listening to this show. And so the places that I disagree with him are when I'm thinking about how podcasters and content creators should be thinking about things And he's talking about how many of them do think about things. If you like this conversation and you like hearing about grounded content and the things that we talk about on this show, you might like the email newsletter that I've started. It's a monthly roundup where I highlight some of the best content every month, not only that I've created, but also that I'm watching and listening to. To sign up, just go to groundedpodcast.com. And now the interview. So Tom Schwab, welcome to Grounded Content I'm excited to have you here. And I've seen you and your content online for a long time. You help people guest on podcasts. And so how do you think about reaching out to a podcaster?
0: I always look at it as podcasters want to say yes to three types of people. And you tell me if I'm wrong here. They want to say yes to their friends, their friends of friends, and people they want to be their friends.
1: It's interesting. So I'm the pain in the neck host. I always push back and this is how we have great conversations. Well, you know what I care about? I care about whether you have something to say that my audience will find valuable.
0: I could see that. and I I guess I look at it as too, is the guest should be there to make the host look like a genius for inviting them to add value there. For
1: sure. Yeah. And vice versa.
0: Exactly. If both people come to it ready to serve, the audience gets the most out of it.
1: Right. So one of the things that's probably the most difficult for a lot of people who are thinking, okay, I want to be a guest on podcasts, is how do they package themselves? You kind of need to have an idea or a story or something that's going to grab people and make it easier for them to want you as a guest to think about how they could talk to you.
0: There's a couple things. One, content is king, but context is God. So make it something that's very contextual to the show. The other thing is focus on interview topics, give them, you know, here's three or five interview topics that I thought would be ideal for this interview, because if you just show up and you bounce from place to place, you'll lose the audience. I'm like, what are they here for? What are they an expert on? You know, what's the focus of this? And if you can reach out to them and, you know, almost give them topics or the title of that podcast interview it makes it much easier for them to see the finished product and say, oh, yes, this sounds great. Let's go forward with it.
1: Right. To understand how they're going to interact with you, how they're going to have that conversation on the show. And so what's the percentage of, you know, sent out to booking? Our
0: yes rate hovers right around 50%. We always want to get that higher.
1: That's pretty good. That's incredible. So you're not sending out these spammy pitches that we're getting, obviously.
0: No, because they're not doing anything for anybody. And why would we introduce you to somebody that couldn't serve? So internally, there's always two checks. Every podcaster has a podcast relationship manager. They say, is this good for Marian's show? And then also they're looking from the guest side, is this good for the guest? So there's already two manual checks in there before we reach out there. And we know that not everyone's going to be a yes, but the idea of just throwing more and more out there to see if anything sticks, that's a waste of our time. It's disrespectful to the podcast host. And when we do get those no's, we miss the mark here. You know, if it's a yes or a no, we're always tracking that in our data and the feedback, what they like.
1: I love to hear that. I love that you have a, rather than thinking about, I have a person assigned to each guest, I have a person on my team assigned to each podcast. And so you're thinking about from the pool of guests who's suitable. What's the biggest thing that people who come to you and say, I want to get on a bunch of podcasts, what do they get wrong? What do they not understand about the whole thing?
0: Well, I think the first thing of the question there, if somebody comes and says, I want
1: to get on podcast
0: interviews, I'm like, why? To me, that sounds like an ego thing. The goal is not to get on podcast interviews, but it's typically to meet a goal. I want to promote my book. I want to hit a Wall Street Journal bestseller list. I want to build my brand. I want to build my business. So start with that and then work back into that. And one of the things that a lot of people will say is, you know, well, I want to be on 100 podcasts. Why? More is not better. Better is better. And so to be more strategic in that and then also strategic in what you talk about, because if you want to repurpose this content, if you want to promote the content, you don't want every interview to be like Groundhog's Day because it'll get boring for everyone. So pick a different topic and different ones to do there. And then the other thing too is that realize that podcast interview is part of it, but what system do you have to move people from being a passive listener to an active visitor to an engaged lead? You know, What machine have you set up for them to make it easy? You know, Just saying, just find me on LinkedIn, I'm the only Tom Schwab that is not going to convert people.
1: So what do you do to convert people? What are you going to do in this interview to get people to come and find you?
0: At some point, you're probably going to mention my book, right? And I'm going to say, I am not here to sell the book. It sells fine on Amazon. If you want a free copy, just come back to interviewvalet.com forward slash grounded. And then later on, You're going to say, well, how can people get in touch with you? And I'll say, well, that same way. I know you're driving, you're, you're doing things. I'll make it easy. That same one interviewvalet.com forward slash grounded. Get a free copy of the book. There's my calendar there if you'd like to engage. And our testing has always shown that if you give them one place to go, it converts a whole lot better and give them multiple ways to say yes. Don't just buy the product or else. No. Here's a free assessment that we give. Here's a free copy of my book. You know, here's my calendar. Because different people are going to engage in different ways. So small yes, medium yes, and heck yes.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to have to change the way I talk about my services. I've been thinking about when I guest on podcasts right now in my career, the value for me is really clarifying my message and practicing, you know, practicing, practicing. Getting a sense of what the kinds of things people ask me are, what they want to know, how to frame the answer, what resonates with the host. It's a great opportunity to just really hone your speaking skills.
0: And I would add that it's also great market research. I can think of a client that we had early on, an accountant. He does you know, tax work and he was very, very localized in the last recession. And so he said, I want one customer in every industry and every state. So we start going out on all these different podcasts and all of a sudden he goes on a dental podcast and we went back to him and said, you did awesome on this. He's like, yeah, I got a few clients from that. And we're like, well, why don't you go after dentists? And he's like, I like dentists. You know, they're professionals, the recession proof, all the rest of that. For the next six months, all he did was dental podcasts. He doesn't do guesting anymore because he's got his own podcast that's on like the business of dentistry and 80% of his market is probably in the dental industry there. So with that, he went out and used podcasts and podcast guesting almost as market research.
1: I love that idea. And I think a lot of message makers, content creators could benefit from thinking about their content in that way. So imagine that I came to you and I say, well, I've worked in content for 30 years. I'm trying to get clients." for my podcast consulting and coaching business, how should I look at being on podcasts? Like, what should I be talking about? Who should I be talking to? How would you help somebody like me?
0: So when people come to us, the first thing we start with is a discovery call. Discovery what the goals are, what things you can talk about, but it all starts with the audience. You can't say enough of the right things to the wrong people or the wrong things to the right people. So it's that idea of, who do you want to talk to? You know, if you were in a physical room with a thousand people, what would they look like? Who would they be? Who wouldn't they be? Who's your negative sort of avatar? Because in some ways, I think of like getting on a podcast. It's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. It's not hard to hit the dartboard, but your customers are in this little pie section as close to the center as possible. So, you know, sort of that start with the who. Then the other thing I would back into that is What value are you bringing to them?
1: How would you help somebody like me assess that? Like, how would I know? I come to you and I say, what value do I bring? How do you help me figure it out?
0: It'd be asking questions like, what makes you different? What makes you remarkable on a podcast? You know, because if you're just a commodity, I'm just like this. Why would anybody want that on the podcast? What kinds of things? What trends do you see in the industry? What values do you have? What could you tell stories about? Because on podcasts, it's more about storytelling than it is selling. And that's an evolving process. That's not set you know, and never changed. You always learn as podcasters are asking you things, you see what resonates, what doesn't. But learning as you go along with that. And then finally, at the end of the podcast, what do you hope that the audience does? None of us are good enough communicators that in 30 minutes, we can change someone's life completely. So there has to be a next step tell them where they can get more information. And how do you help move them along, not just for your benefit, but for their benefit also?
1: You know, I've had between my show and the shows that I produce, you know, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guests. We had one guest who was a really accomplished author, multiple books, bestsellers, another guest who had been very successful in one niche, but nobody really knew who they were. And- when I spoke to the author, we had a couple of minutes before the interview, and I just asked a few questions. I said, you're on this book tour. Is it driving you crazy? What makes you crazy that podcasters do? And he said, not really anything. I kind of like it. And I said, well, what do you love? And he said, I love to see an idea land. And I realized that was why he was such a great podcast guest, because he brought that energy and excitement. No matter who is hosting the show and no matter how good they are at asking questions, this guest is bringing this energy and excitement and trying to get this idea to land and to convey this information. The other person, who was very well known in his niche but not known elsewhere, assumed that the host already knew who he was, knew how important he was, and expected to be asked these kinds of like questions that would give him a chance to show off and sort of sit back. And it was a terrible interview. And so it was really interesting to me. I love that idea of wanting to see your idea land with the host.
0: I love that phraseology on it. Remember, we had a client that said a great podcast interview is one that leaves the listeners with more questions than when they started.
1: How do you do that?
0: Presenting new ideas, like you said, making that idea land, presenting ideas to them. You know, have you ever considered that digital marketing could be hurting your business? Have you ever considered that you're not one funnel away, but you're one conversation away? Putting those things out there because if all it is, is something that I can Google, I'm not going to remark on that. I'm not going to listen to a podcast on the six steps to make six figures on six seconds on Pinterest or something. That's not interesting to me.
1: I can tell that you're a pro, because I was gonna say, what would your question be? What would you create? And you actually did it right there in the interview. You were ready to go. You know, you didn't have to be put on the spot. But where I would push back is I would say, I don't know, Our numbers? Tell me otherwise. So six ways to improve your focus will usually do better, depending on the quality of the content but six ways to improve your focus will probably do better than, you know, let's talk about focus or a deeper conversation about what focus means. It might not be as interesting, but I think people do click on it.
0: I think there's a difference between something being remarkable and going viral in podcast as opposed to a lot of clicks because you see a lot of people will put big names in there just to try to get the clicks or playing that. And, you know, depending where the traffic is coming from, If it's coming from Twitter, oh yeah. If it's coming from Facebook or social media, I think you're right that the more bloggy titles, more the clickbait ones would engage better. But one of the things that I think that's so powerful on podcasts is when they go viral. And I don't mean viral from the standpoint of who's sharing them, how many likes do they get, but when they go from somebody's ears into the regular conversation. A recent example, you could talk about Joe Rogan went viral on so many things. There were people that were hearing about him that didn't know what a podcast was, much less were subscribed to Spotify. But they knew who he was because it sort of jumped that barrier. And it was because something was fresh, a new idea, left people with a whole lot of questions Maybe they didn't have questions. Maybe they had really, really strong opinions after him. But it wasn't based on, you know, the six secrets to this. It was some bigger idea there.
1: I love this idea because what you're doing is you're taking it into the context of where the value is for the guest, too. So as a podcast host, I may try to do lots of those titles that are going to get more click-throughs. But as a guest, if you get that idea to land, if you open that door to those questions, if you get the idea to go viral, then you're sort of entering the global conversation. So it's so much more valuable. And I would hope as a podcast host, you could identify that valuable conversation and know that that's a win. And it'd be
0: interesting too, if you looked at it, what's the long-term on those podcasts? Do they have a longer tail than the other ones? My guess is the people that have written books based on podcast interviews, it was probably the bigger ideas that landed that were in the book, as opposed to some of the more listicles.
1: Yep. You're right. You're right. So I think that's a great reminder that it is this long game and that these deeper, more interesting concepts, even if they don't perform sort of on your click-through level, can be so much more valuable to the brand from the podcaster side, as well as the guest side. Because repurposing could be as simple as, I learned something from you today, Tom. And when I get interviewed next week, I can say, well, you know, I talked to Tom Schwab and he made me Think about this in a whole new way, and I can pass that idea on, and I become more interesting.
0: The other thing that I'm seeing in podcasting is what I could probably see historically in radio and television. Have you ever looked back at like old TV and wondered, they actually watched this junk? Yes, we did, right? So it's gotten better with time, and so has podcasts. Podcasts have gotten a lot more. Conversational and thank God to NPR and BBC and a lot of other people that came in and raised the bar for everyone. But the days of, you know, even five, eight years ago, you could still find those podcasts that were doing very well that asked everybody the same five questions. It was like 1950s television and we've evolved since then. And I think what's interesting is I'm seeing more and more of it go to meaningful conversations, as opposed to just route talking or formulaic talking.
1: This brings us right to your book. You have a book called One Conversation Away. Tell me what you mean by one conversation away, because it sounds like that's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time.
0: The title came from a rant that I was probably doing for a year. So many times, and this was especially during COVID, when everyone was locked down, you know, there was this big thing, you're one funnel away right? Uh, you're yeah. you're one funnel away. Your Your business just needs this funnel. And I just shook my head and said, the best things in life that I have ever gotten didn't come through a funnel. I love automation. There's a point for it, but it's got to start with a human conversation. And I think if we look at our most valuable relationships, our most valuable customers, our most valuable partnerships, they all started out with a conversation. And those conversations are what's going to change our lives and our businesses. And I think we really need to remember that, that just like humans aren't going to be replaced by machines, I don't think the funnel is going to replace conversations or the need to have that human interaction.
1: What makes a great conversation?
0: I think there's various aspects to that, that it's real, that it's not scripted, that both people are Learning, both people are questioning there and then it's authentic too. You know, and that's a word that gets overused so often right now. But I think of Eric Weinheimer, you know, the first blind man to climb Mount Everest. We were honored to have him as a client. And I remember something he told me on every interview he goes to. He reminds himself that the world doesn't need more BS. The guy's got more clarity than anybody that can see. And he just realizes that if they ask you a straight answer, give them a straight question. I see a lot of people trying to be politically correct in a conversation or trying to appeal to everyone. You won't appeal to everyone. Be honest. You'll attract the people that love you. You'll repel the people that loathe you. And that's okay. That's what it's supposed to be.
1: I can tell you're a good conversationalist because there's always a nervous moment when I interview someone where I challenge what they say. And it's not because... I invited them on to sort of, you know, catch or trick them or anything like that. It's because I want to have a real conversation. I want to understand. I want to sort of go beyond the surface level of assumptions that we make and make sure I really understand what they're saying. But there's always that moment when I do that for the first time as an interviewer, where you don't know how that person's going to react. And hopefully they react and say like, wow, that's a great way to think about it. Nobody's asked me that, or I haven't thought about it that way. Or even, you know, I don't agree with you. Here's why. And that's what I want. That's what makes a great conversation. But it's a little scary when you invite a guest on and you want to say like, that's not really what I think.
0: One of my core things that I have to remind myself is that peace and clarity come at the other side of an awkward conversation. I don't like conflict and I can be very, very big about not seeing the elephant in the room. We can just look beyond that, but it never serves anyone. So if you don't understand something, ask the question and you don't have to be disagreeable to disagree.
1: How do you think about those difficult conversations and how do you apply that principle to podcasting?
0: Coming at it with the right heart. If you see the world as I win, you lose, it's going to come across at that. My word for this year is called insatiable curiosity. And I know it's two words. After the years we've been through, I gave myself a bonus word. But one of the things I found was that I was starting to get judgmental where I knew the answer already and I wasn't learning. And I looked at some young children, I've got uh, grandchildren, and they're so smart. They learn so much and they're insatiably curious. Whereas I can jump very quickly before we even have a conversation to know what the answer is, know what I should say. And when I come with an opinion already prejudging it, I don't learn anything on this. But if I come with insatiable curiosity, I find we have more in common that we have apart. I learn on this and I come with an attitude where other people aren't defensive on it. I don't understand that. Could you explain that more? Help me understand this more. I'm curious about that. It can be very disarming as opposed to, no, you're wrong.
1: I love that. In fact, I say to young people, if you have curiosity, enthusiasm, and determination, those three qualities, you can do anything.
0: You probably just describe you know, every five-year-old out there.
1: So imagine I'm that person. I want to look into guesting. I want to expand my profile for whatever business reason. Why is podcast guesting better than, say, producing my own podcast or creating my own content?
0: I always look at it as if you have an audience that you want to nurture, if you've got leads and customers that you already want to nurture, start your own podcast. That can be a great way to do that. But if you're looking to go out and be known by more people, to get new leads, to get new exposure, to get into social media, then you've got to go on someone else's stage. You've got to be introduced by them. That's where podcast guesting comes in. And I think the two can complement each other, but I don't think it's always one or always others. Start with what your goals are and then find the medium that's going to work best. I find that it's a whole lot easier to be a guest. Marion and I are going to talk here. At the end of the hour, I'm going to go on with my life. And she's going to do all the work of editing it, of producing it, of promoting it, putting it all up there. So that return on investment can be easier as a guest. The other thing too is the commitment. You know, anybody that says doing a podcast is easy has never done it or never done it well. The great ones just make it look easy. So most podcasts die within the first 10 episodes. So you don't want to start something, have it peter out and turn into an embarrassment. So with that, you can almost do a test run, see if you like the medium, see if you're comfortable, learn from other hosts as a guest first.
1: If I am somebody who wants to guest and maybe for whatever reason, I'm not able to work with a firm like yours yet, what are some things you would recommend? Where should I start? I would start
0: with the strategy. There's a lot of free stuff out there. You know, I, This is not a pitch for my book. I'll put that up on the free page too. Years ago, I wrote a book called Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with the Targeted Interview Strategy. I'll put that up on interviewvalet.com forward slash grounded for free. And it's basically the tactics. Early on, we said, this is how we do it. Here's the six steps of podcast interview marketing. And it's basically our playbook. One conversation away is more of the strategy behind that. But I would start with that and look at it as a craft. Look at it as a long term play. Don't just try going out there and getting on, you know, 50 podcasts in the next 50 days or whatever the five day challenge is now. Put some thought behind it. And just like Broadway musicals or Broadway plays, you know, they don't start on Broadway. So start to hone your craft there too. Take it serious, make every interview count, bring value, have a professional microphone, have headphones. All those things, because this will be your portfolio, if you will, that other podcasters are going to judge you by.
1: That's so true. That's the first thing I do is listen to somebody on other podcasts, in part just to see if I think we'll get along, if we'll have a good conversation. You were talking about being professional. And one of the things I find, a lot of podcast hosts are not that great. They're not that experienced. They don't know. So having some stories that you know will work in your back pocket so that you can help the host, I find is really helpful too. Do you find that?
0: Yes. And one of the things that I find is podcast hosts, by and large, have wonderful hearts. They're curious, but they're not trained journalists, and which can be nice. They don't show up with 10 questions and number four is a gotcha. But we're starting with the end in mind, and this is something that we teach and I talk about is... Before you get on a podcast, and we did this a little bit here before we started, let's just ask the host, you know, what are you hoping to get out of this? What can I do to deliver value to you and your audience? It sort of puts that flag in the sand of where we want to go here. And most hosts are nice. They're going to ask back the same thing. Well, what are you hoping to get out of this? You know, and so you start to decide what the dance is before the music starts. And that'll make you look better. It'll make the host look better.
1: I think that's such good advice because you don't know whether this is the show where I want to hear about your greatest challenges in your career or whether I want to know tactics for guesting. You know, there's all kinds of types of show. Is this a natural conversation? You know, is this going to be the five questions that I ask everyone? It helps you to know that. So it's great that you asked that. Tom, you gave your website before, the special one with the free book, but why don't you share that with us again?
0: Sure. If you want to see what a welcome page looks like and everything, you just go to interview Valet with a V.com forward slash grounded. There's nothing to buy there, but I'll put a copy of the book if you want a free copy there. My calendar, how to get in touch with me, all my social media. So if you're running, multitasking, all you got to remember is interviewvalet.com forward slash grounded.
1: And I love how you thought on your feet. And we're thinking about value for this audience and understanding this audience. And so you said, yes, you can go there. You can get my free book. You can see the stuff. But you realize that we've talked about this process and that some of my listeners might just want to go to that page to see what a page like that looks like and how it works. And that is an example of being flexible, thinking on your feet and being a great guest. So thank you. Any last words for the audience before we go?
0: With all this going on in the world today, you need to stay strong because The world needs to hear you now more than ever. Your voice matters. In the past, we didn't have the technology to use our voice, to get our content out there. Now, I'm doing this from Kalamazoo, Michigan. If I can do this from Kalamazoo, Michigan, you can do it from where you are.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grounded Content Podcast. As always, if you like it, please tell your friends about it. That's how we grow. And if you'd like to join the email newsletter, sign up for that list. Just go to groundedpodcast.com and you'll see a button there. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.